Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, a hearty good morning to all of you on this fabulous Monday as I'm coming to you live from our Orlando studio. The great Nick Geddes from Outsider.com, or is it on 3 now.com? On 3. Now? Are officially, you officially on 3 now? I've officially shipped it over to on 3, yes. All right. On3. All right. Great, uh, great organization there. So we get the benefit of all his tremendous knowledge uh, this morning and all week long. So good morning to you, Nick Geddes. I've had a, a whirlwind. Boy, it's been about two or three weeks, you know, just travel events um this weekend uh, i'm seeing the pro padel championship out at zephyr hills which was amazing absolutely amazing i'm sporting my commissario uh, tequila hat you like this crisp white hat with the gold lettering huh they're one of the sponsors out there um i may have imbibed in a couple of commissario tequilas by the way this weekend a uh, great scene out there daddy yankee was out there i'm i'm working the mic with daddy yankee i almost like Broke into a reggaeton rap, but I thought that would probably not be a good idea. No, in front of no, Daddy Yankee. No, don't. That would have turned out like me doing Caddyshack lines with Bill Murray when I had him on my radio show. That went over like a like a. I was gonna say balloon. you get a, you get a chance to be to be that close to Daddy Yankee. I would you gotta act as normal as possible. Can't ruin anything. <laughs> yes, because his security is on point, bro. I tell you, his security is like he's got two guys. Actually, there were three guys there yesterday, but the one guy, his main guy, you do not want to f with him, man. In fact, the uh, the winning team, Las Vegas, it was incredible, incredible matches by all by all weekend long. You guys got to go watch it on YouTube, ProPatelLeague.com. Um, incredible matches, but at the end, they were spraying the champagne. I got a little in my eye, and Daddy Yankee was off to my left, and his security was like <laughs> they shut down the, the champagne in his direction, like immediately, like immediately. But he was super nice to everybody. Um, but obviously, he's he's. If you don't know who he is, go look it up. He's got fifty million followers. He's a five-time Latin Grammy Award winner. So it was cool to have him out there. Uh, a bunch of other celebs. So that was a great, great week. I've been doing that, and then I went to the Mike Evans thing on Friday. I was out playing golf with your auntie uh, Jane Gatiss, nineteen eighty-six U.S. Open champion, and um, and my good friend David Cobb from Bespoke and Company. We had a tremendous time. It was. Just a great day of golf. Saw Mike out there, chatted with him a little bit. But then on Saturday night, I went to the gala, um, big to-do at the Marriott Waterside, where they raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for Mike's foundation that does such great work uh, with domestic violence victims. Uh, We heard from a lot of the kids. He sends these kids to a camp, and I wish I remembered the name of the camp. But anyway, it's, it's a camp for kids that have been caught up in domestic abuse and the stories that they tell and how this, you know, they, they find people and they see kids that have gone through the same thing they have and they know that they're not alone. Um, incredibly uh, beneficial for these kids. So we raise money for a lot, for a great cause. And I got the chance to talk to Baker Mayfield and his, uh, and his lovely wife and uh, where they are. We, we, I, I don't want to give away where his new house is going to be, but we lived in a certain area, very same area. And I was giving him some restaurant um, tips and stuff. What a nice guy. Super nice guy. His wife is just a sweetheart, just absolute sweetheart. So they're settling in. Kyle Trask was at the same table. They were sitting right next to each other. 
so really super. Had a, had a really fun conversation with him, and nothing about football, just all about. Uh, um, although we did talk a little bit about his press conferences, <laughs> I was like, you, you, you're nailing him, bro. You, you're doing a hell of a job. Uh, you're getting a great response out there. In case you don't know it, if you're not watching, you're probably not watching a lot of local media or whatever. But you're uh, you're getting a great response, and I think I think you would have to agree, Nick, that um, he has been well received. Baker Mayfield here. I think Buck fans are embracing him in in a real way, which I don't know. You know, when the signing was was made, I think there was a lot of, I don't know, I'd say 60-40 against Baker Mayfield, maybe 50-50 with Bucks fans. I think if you polled him right now, it might be 80-20. You yeah, know, I, I, I think he's done a fantastic job. Yeah, I think everybody is kind of, I think most people are on board with Baker Mayfield, and it's because I think he showed a, a different side of himself in these press conferences. And then yeah. I was telling you, if you saw the clip, and I'm sure it's been circulating around at the Rays game, he's over there at the, I think it was Friday night, I want to say, Rays and Rangers, and he's sitting there with, with Co-Keefe and Tristan Wirfs, and there's just this like train of kids, like probably like 20 to 25 kids who were literally just like standing in like a line in between innings to take pictures with Baker Mayfield. You love to see that, right? When your quarterback's yeah. out and about, yeah. he's sitting, he's not in a club or anything, he's sitting like in a regular seat. With everybody, right? Yeah, he probably won't do that again. <laughs> and he, yeah, and he, <laughs> but he took a picture with every single kid and signed autographs, did all that. It looked good. But I was just thought it was funny because maybe the the greatest offensive buck of all time is sitting right there next to him. Yeah. You and, want a uh, Hall of Famer's autograph? Yeah, it's going to be worth the, something the, one day. Exactly. And maybe Baker's will be too. But, I was going to say know. though, we had this discussion last week about autographs. I'm like, yeah. hmm, get a get an autograph from the journeyman quarterback or the guy who's probably going to be getting fitted for Canton in about 15 years, you know? Yeah. Eh, yeah. But nobody recognized it. But to your point though, it does show you there's a lot of excitement. He's resonating with the young people and all those things. So uh, so far, so good, I think, for Baker Mayfield. Hey, shout out to Co'Keefe and Tristan Wirfs and Baker Mayfield, but Co'Keefe and Tristan Wirfs especially. I probably saw them at, I don't know, 10, 15 Lightning games this year. Uh, when I go out to events, they're always there. I mean, they're at, at most every sporting event, big event here in Tampa. They get out. They really do get out. They're enjoy- I-, I love to see the players out in the community. You know I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe a little backhanded shot at somebody else. Hey, but he was out in the he was out in the community in France this weekend. Of course he was. When you can hobnob with the elites, yeah, you're out at Roland Garros hobnobbing with the elites. You know, coming down to Harbor Island, no, maybe not. But um, anyway, whatever. Uh, good for him. Um, but yeah, I love to see those guys out in the community, and all, there were tons of guys at the at the event Saturday night. I think every Buccaneer was there. I, Jamel Dean with Jamel Dean sport a sweet hat. Um, that, uh, everybody was there. I, I could go on and mention everybody's name. So they all turned out for their teammate, and uh, they raised a crap ton of money, and that was that was an awesome night, really, really fun night. And good. it's always nice to see the players out in public, you know, away from the facility and be able to interact with them. You know, I think that's where we, you know, back in the old days we did this a lot, and, you know, we really built connections with the players, and I think it's, I think it's super important. And we just don't get the opportunity to do that much anymore. The players really – are discouraged from having their own radio shows. Like I used to do shows with, you know, Jeff Fain and Ernest Graham. And, you know, you, you sit down with a guy for a couple hours every week and you really get to know them. You know, they become part of your family, obviously, Rondé as well. So, yeah, and so I, we don't get to see it much, so it's good to be able to get out there and, and mix with the people. And I think I think the players really enjoy it for the most part because I, 
you know, there were a few autograph hounds at the Marriott, you know, the guys with the garbage bags full of stuff. And, you know, you just like, ugh, I just roll my I eyes. I feel like stuff. I can't speak for a player, but I feel like it would be more enjoyable to be in that setting in a one-on-one where you can kind of be yourself a little bit to where, oh, you, absolutely. and then rather than getting up on a podium and you're kind of just at everybody's mercy right now. Right. And you have to stare right. at everybody and you have to take questions that you've heard a million times. Yeah, people, much different. Some that you know you have to like give a non-answer or answer it without really answering it, you know, and it probably gets so old. Like I feel like doing it like a one-on-one, like you were just saying, would be a much more a better medium. I feel like for these guys, I don't know. I think that's just the way well, I kind of see it. Absolutely, absolutely. And then once you get a, a chance to build some trust with the with that particular athlete, then you can really get some good interviews, you know, later on down the line. Um, and that's what you know. As a broadcaster, it's one of the things I really, really tried to do, you know, when covering any team is get to know the players as best you can uh, on a personal level. And then your interactions with them, your interviews with them are going to be so much different than they would be with with most other people. And I think that's what the people really want to see. So um, in terms of broadcasting and doing your homework, that's part of your homework, building relationships with coaches and players, uh, treating them fairly, not, you know, not um, not kissing their ass. We're not talking about that, but treating them fairly, because I think once you build relationships with with coaches and players and, and front office people and they they trust you. Um, when you do have to criticize them, and they know that's, you know, the the even-keeled ones know that criticism is part of the job, right? Um, then there's crazy people that are paranoid of the media and, you know, and they get, you know, Greg Schiano, and they get all locked up in what we're doing and forget, you know, maybe you should teach your left tackle how to drop step. And, you know, you're worried about the wrong things. If you're worried about the media, that is a telltale. Dirk Cutter was... Dirk Cutter was the worst at this. When he became the head coach, his, he got rabbit ears, man. He was he had to listen and re- and read everything that everybody was saying in the media, and he you know constantly trying to hide things from the media. Totally off his brand when he was a, a offensive coordinator, um, and it, and it really I think it derailed him. I think it derailed him. He got focused on the wrong things because uh, he was super. So he was just kind of a different cat when he was the OC, and when he became the head coach, it was just you know. Paranoia Central, so uh, but that's part of it, and you know it's just nice to see these guys getting out in the community. And another thing we had, I don't think we say enough. We had this conversation with uh, with a couple of the players, and I was telling them, I was thanking them for what they're doing, and I said, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, it's our fault in the media probably that we don't cover enough of these events. You know, the the Bucks will send out press releases all the time about this charity event, this charity event, this charity, and I'm as guilty as, as everybody else. We don't attend them the way we should. I try to talk about them. I try to tell everybody what they're doing, but we should be there and attend them, quite frankly, and I don't, I, I don't do – I'll call them myself out on this. We don't do enough of it because these professional teams, what they bring to our community in terms of charity and charitable events is, is not talked about enough. You're talking about tens of millions of dollars between all of our teams – that give back to, to worthy charities in our um, in our community. And some of these charities would not exist. I mean, 80, 90% of their budget comes from some of these fundraisers that these players put on, like the Mike Evans Foundation. Um, so it's important. It really, really is important. And I think all of our teams do a great job of getting their players out in the, in the community. Um, and it's, it's a huge benefit that we don't talk about enough, quite frankly. So... Um, Thanks to all of our players who do what they do, the little events, you know, that some of the guys that aren't, you know, big money players yet 
are just as important as some of these huge events that Mike Mike does as well. So, and the players constantly support each other in this too, and that's a good thing. So, um, good stuff. All right, um, what do we got here? Something just happened on our on our chat. Yeah, we have confirmation. Week six, October fifteenth, Bucks Lions will be the creamsicle game. It's official. Of course, it had to be a. a, a what did what did Boomer used to call us? The Norris Division. Yeah, the, I think the so, Norris yeah. Division. Yeah, the old lion, the, the lions, and uh, and and that whole the what was it? Lions, Vikings, Lions, Vikings, Packers, Packers, and Bucks. And Bucks. Yeah, what 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 team doesn't belong in that division, right? But uh, yeah, that that's exactly what it should be. It should be the Lions. Uh, that's going to be a good game too. You know, um, the Lions are are, are on, on the come. That that'll be fun. That'll be fun. I gotta get my so, ticket. Um, I gotta get my tickets as soon October as possible 15th? for that. October fifteenth. Yeah. October. Did 15th. the uh, did the single game tickets just sell out already? <laughs> They're probably they, going to get on it. And, They're probably going to get on it in the break. Oh, the cheapest. Right, ticket, we, uh, I was gonna say real quick. Cheapest ticket now is eighty dollars for a for a for a Bucks game. It's a that's come down at least half. I'd say from the Brady era. So from the Brady. That's the that's, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Hey, I I heard a story this week weekend, and I gotta tell you this. I'll leave the names out, but this is like you want to talk about the Brady effect. So my friend uh, did a charity event or a business business event, um, but pre Brady, where he got a, a a suite, you know, for a game, brought in sixteen clients, you know, food, bevies, the whole the whole nine, and it was. Total tally was about $16,000 for 16 people, 16 to 24 people, something like that, to rent a suite, $16,000 for one game, for one game. So he wanted to do it again last year. Similar situation. Guess the price. What was the initial price again? Sixteen. Thousand. Sixteen thousand. $16,000. $16,000. So that's the old price. What's the new price? 50, that, was, that, was, that was 2019 maybe? I'll guess. I'll guess. 50, I'll guess fifty thousand. Ninety-six thousand dollars. Ninety-six thousand dollars. And people are paying it during the Brady. People were paying it. Almost a hundred grand. Now those aren't official numbers. They're not official numbers. This is just hearsay. But they come from very good sources. Ninety-six thousand dollars. Like I don't even know. Like, come on. Who's got that kind of money? I don't think there's a single thing on this earth that I would ever pay $96,000 for. I, I think that might be I, – I, I will say I think that's a little upgraded of a suite. I think that was from to go to a 16 to a 24 suite. Ooh. It was a bit of an upgrade. Ooh. So, yeah, maybe, you know, what is that, 50%? Yeah, is, My goodness, probably, an $80,000 upgrade to get – but, but Wow. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, I, prices have – I don't know if prices have come down for this year, but I would imagine they have. So, yeah, it's gonna be yeah. a lot easier to get bucks tickets. I think the scalpers are probably the are back in back in market finally. This back time in play. Around. Well, uh, listen, <laughs> the teams and Ticketmaster have put a stranglehold on scalpers. Yes, uh, they have. That stuff that, that is they have they have cornered the market on that. I they was have, they, I was just gonna point that out. By the way, I just said eighty dollars, ninety dollars, the cheapest ticket for this Lions game, and that's to sit like in the third level, obviously in that corner, right. the worst seat in the house. I'm like ten years ago. Me and my dad were walking on the way to Raymond James, like thirty minutes before the game. We bought tickets from a scalper, ninety dollars to sit on the second row, on the sideline, down in the first level. That was ten yeah. years ago. 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you want to, any inclination how things have changed, there you go. Yeah, I, I, you know, I wonder what overall ticket prices are because I think everybody had to lock in for the I think this, for suites for the Brady area. You had to lock in, I think, at least five years. Yeah, at the new at the new price. So they're going to get two years without Brady. But like I said, you know, I don't I don't think this team's winning the Super Bowl, but I love the vibe of the team, and I love the vibe. Um, you know, Case, Casey did a uh, did a little roundtable discussion in, during the event. Uh, Casey Phillips, who does a great job with all the Buck stuff, she was there at the um, at the uh, at the golf tournament as well. And you just really feel the camaraderie in this team. You know, I know it's it's all esoteric and it's all you know uh, this off season stuff. But just you know, Devin White excluded, and we'll get to him in just a second. The vibe on this team is is fabulous. I just really watching the guys interact with each other. You know, seeing them on the field during OTAs, they've had, what, 90% participation rate. Um, you know, Vita Vey has been out there a lot. My Mike, Mike Evans was out there last week. Chris Godwin's been out there the whole time. I mean, this is not normal for most NFL teams, folks. It's not. And I think, and I think the fact that Brady is gone, there's more of a family team atmosphere now. And that's not anti-Brady. It's just it is what it is, you know. That's forced upon you when Brady comes here. All the media talks about is Brady. That's not Tom Brady's fault, right? That's the media's fault. Um, but that's just the way. It, that, that's the way. It, that's the bad part of it, right? There's the good part, and then there's the bad part. And I think for the players, I think they're they're, they're going to welcome the fact. Now they might not be on you know Sunday night football every night, but win enough games, you'll get your national attention, right? Doesn't matter. They're going to be an underdog this year. I think they're going to be a surprise story of the league. So I think they will get their flowers at some point, but they're going to win games. And if you don't win games, you don't deserve any flowers. So whatever. But if they go out and do what I think they can do, I think they're a nine, ten win team, a division winning team. Get into the tournament. Get health. You know, if you're healthy in the tournament, you got a great shot to to make some waves. So I'm, you know, I've said this many, many times. I'm bullish on this team. I like them. I like the vibe. Uh, I think I think it's probably going to be Baker. But if it's not Baker. That means Kyle Trask played his ass off, and he's a really good quarterback, and he won the job. So either way, I think this offense is going to be much better than last year's offense, and I think this defense has a chance to be really good. Again, biggest question mark, head coach. Head coach and coaching staff. That's our biggest question mark. But, um, you know, we got OTAs this week. We start out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 9.30 to 11.30. So we'll, our eyes and ears uh, – our friends at the Pewter Report will be out there. I'm trying to finagle a way where we can be out there. Um, so we're working on that. But I, because I got to get my eyes on uh, a lot of these new guys, I've not been able to see them. So I might have to take a day just to get out there and see them. But uh, if we do that, we're going to record a show for you. So we'll have two hour shows all week long. So don't worry about that. Um, let's get to some of the comments. We're going to get into the Rays, by the way. We got lots to get to today. We're going to do the Rays. We'll do more on the Bucks. Uh, we got NBA. Uh, crazy stuff happening on the PGA Tour. Djokovic, um, I had some thoughts on that as well. Gets number 23. Vegas on the brink of uh, winning another championship after they won the Pro Padel League. Their first their first championship for Vegas, baby. There you go. And by the way, uh, the Vegas Padel team is partly owned by um, Gavin Maloof, who is a part owner of the Golden Knights. So they may be double dipping this week. Um, yeah, so lots to get to. But I want to just hit some of our great uh, commenters here. Um, Jordan G says, 
Good to see the drops still packed on the weekends this deep into the season. Maybe the Lightning finally having an early exit in the playoff benefits another one of our sports teams for once, sadly. No, there's no question about that, Jordan. Um, you know, we've just seen it over the last few years. When the Lightning make the run, it's just that the Rays are an afterthought. Now, having the start that the Rays had this year, even if the Lightning were playing, I think they'd still be getting a lot of local press. Um, Thomas Casper said at the beginning of the show, the Rays getting no national respect as we had to watch the Yankees and the Red Sox play a snoozer last yeah. night again. By the way, have you seen the Yankees schedule? Like starting with this, this the beginning of this week and next week, their schedule, like they have no. seven games, seven and of their next, like 10 games are all on primetime. Seven. Why do I got to watch that team with no Aaron judge? This I got to watch them boring. seven times Slow, on Fox and plotting. it's the same matchup. Yankees, Red Sox, Yankees, Red Sox. Come on. I watched that. I tried to watch that game yesterday. I'm here to tell you. Yankees-Red Sox is a dead rivalry. It's dead. I'm saying it right now. The Yankees-Rays is more of a rivalry. That one had no heat to it whatsoever, and I don't think it sells like MLB thinks it does. Well, did you see the Open? I happened to watch the Open, one of the games this weekend, and it's just, you know, it's all about the, you know, Don Zimmer and Pedro and all the tired, you know. There's, like, there's nothing from the last five years. It's, no, there's nothing, nothing there. The, nothing pers- there. the personalities aren't there anymore. Yeah, no, I, that's a great point. It's a great point. But they, you know, they keep going back to the well, and, you know, they probably get the ratings that they want. I, you know, are the Rays, Rangers going to get good ratings? They should. I'm about, I'm, about, I'm about putting the best, the best of the best on the on. On uh, national TV, the best. No, of the none best. of those games were on national TV this week, right? None no. of the three that raise Rangers. No, none of the two best teams by far in baseball, and they couldn't get no one Peacock, national TV no Apple game. TV, Nothing. no Fubo, no Nothing. whatever the hell. Didn't even lead MLB tonight with them, by the way. No, no. Had to be still had to be Yankees, Red Sox, of course. It too, I mean, these two teams are putting up historic numbers, and they meet for a weekend series. The brothers. Facing off, trading lineup cards. The pitching, all these great did you see stories. the pitching matchups this this weekend? The two guys yeah. who are one two in AL Cy Young, McClanahan and Yavaldi pitched. Glasnow pitched. Todd pitched. All these great pitchers. Nothing. Nothing. Come on, come on, national media. You're better than this. You're better than this. Um, Lonnie Wilkins chiming in says, "Time for MLB to acknowledge the raise as the head of of the table officially now, as if there were any doubts." You know, it just. All they care about is what, quote, moves their needle. You know, what do the Rays move the needle? Well, how, it's like the chicken and the egg. Well, how are they going to move the needle if you never put them on national TV? Isn't this how what they, we're talking about they, with the Nuggets right now? We, we're spending so – the Nuggets are about a game away, probably going to happen tonight, of winning the NBA Finals. And we've spent half the energy talking about, man, why didn't we talk about this team during the regular season? And did we underrate all these players? And it's like, it's your fault. It's your fault. Yeah. So when, yes. so when yes. you finally see the Rays play on national TV and everybody goes, oh, my gosh, these guys are actually really, really good. Yeah, but you don't show them. You don't talk about them much. I think it's been a little bit better this year, but I still think like like the MLB this, this week, they had their little power rankings come out, and for what it's worth, they put the Rangers ahead of the Rays. Like It just made no sense. And then the Rays go out and take two out of three from the Rangers, of course, and now it'll flip-flop back. It's like... I just don't understand that one. If you can't see by now, this is the best team in baseball by, I think, a good margin, if I'm going to be honest here. I don't know what you're watching. Yeah. I mean, the Rangers are really good. But I look at their roster and I'm saying, you know, and I, I yes, we're a, we are not objective in this. I'll, I'll be honest with that. 
I just don't see the staying power of the Rangers, right? Um, they got tremendous offense, but I don't see the depth of pitching. And it's, you know, it's the pitching to defense that shows up every single night. And I, I think the Rays were maybe a little ragged in, in the Saturday game. But for the most part, they played a lot of clean games this year. They're not beating themselves um, on a nightly basis. They're saving runs with their defense. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we'll get into it because it was, a, it was an interesting weekend. The Rays take two of three. Uh, yesterday, it was good to see Wander Franco uh, step up with some some power at first home run in a month, even though he's still hitting right around 300 and OPS over at, what, 831 on base at 358. And he's had a hit streak. What, he had 11-game hit streak, too, as well. I mean, he's just playing phenomenal. He's got nine runs saved, I think, as far as defensive runs saved. He's, you know, he's at the top of his game. But yesterday, that was a big home run because uh, they gave it up a little bit and came back to, what, it was a 4-3 ball game, and then he posts that three-run homer, and uh, it's lights out. So a good weekend overall. I think we have the uh, the Wander Franco three-run homer, do we not, courtesy we, of Valley Sports Sun. Yeah, we do have the home run from Wander, which, by the way, if you hadn't seen a Wander home run in a while, it's true. He hadn't homered since, I think, May 9th, I want to say, and not inside mm-hmm. the drop since May 2nd. So here, here it was, like you said, courtesy of Valley Sports Sun. And a fly ball back into left with Ooh. some carry. So that was uh, the key hit. Also, Taylor Walls got off the schneid yesterday with a RBI double. That was good to see. Um, I mean, this this team played really well. I thought Taj had a bit of a rough go. You know, he got. I think he got squeezed a little. Had four walks early on Saturday. That kind of led to the eight four loss on Saturday. Uh, Glass now looked good on Friday. I thought. You know that. I was watching a little bit of that, and I thought, you know, he he is pitching smoother, if that if, if that makes sense, right? I, I his wind it looks almost effortless. Yeah. Where I, as, I, I maybe he pitched that way before, I don't know, but to me it seems a little different. Um, that maybe it's not max uh, effort on every every pitch and every fastball. He just seems like his his delivery is more quiet and more relaxed, and hopefully that will lead to. Uh, more longevity in terms of well, not getting into his the fastball velocity is also down by like two miles per hour. I want to say on average, than I'm okay it, with that. It was last time we saw him, and it's okay. I mean, I know people were making a little bit of stink. Oh, he's walking guys a little bit. Listen, Jesus, he just got me, back. He just got back. Okay, he's pitched. Well, how many games has he pitched in the, since 2021 in the summer? Like four games, probably. Yeah, I not, think not, not many, many, not many games. Four or five games that he's pitched since 2021 in the summer. And we're going up against the best offense in baseball in the Rangers, and you surrender one hit in six innings, and you give me 80, what? What do you give me, 88 pitches? Efficient? I'm, I'm, I'm spectacular. I'm, I'm spectacular. Me. Bravo. I mean, this weekend, we got to see what it looks like when you have a three-game series against a really good team, and I can trot out McClanahan and Glasnow in two of those games. It's going to be very, very tough to beat this team, especially with this offense, by the way. But with those two guys, we finally got to see it. It's going to be very tough to beat them. And by the way, um, the last report I saw on Rasmussen was he's not done for the year. They're still hoping to bring him back after the All-Star break or, or some semblance of that. I think it's still a long shot um, to see what happens. But, I mean, that's where we're at. It would be spectacular to be able to get him back, would it not? Yeah. If you get Rasmus, because what they had to put Fleming to the to the uh, the sixty day, 
Right. They don't want to have to rely on Yanni necessarily, but they will. What? They Jesus, have to. his numbers are fantastic. Yeah, um, you know, Yanni goes out there, and I feel like he does what he can. I don't think he's as effective as he used to be before the injuries. Like, he gets hard hit. If you look at his underlying, he seems like he's one of those really good luck pitchers right now. And eventually, it it seems like that's going to run out. So I think that's why you have to temper it a little bit with Yanni. And why the Rays, after like five innings, if he can give you five, they're like, okay, that's good. That's good enough. Good job, Yanni. Now we'll get you out of the game. Like they did when he pitched on, what, Thursday, I believe? So yeah. I think that's what they're doing. But if you get Raz back, and then because Todd, you're already seeing it, Todd is going to have these up and down moments as a rookie. This was inevitable to happen. Of course. And I think his defense, I think there was a defensive miscue there in, in the second inning that allowed an inning to go on where yeah. he could have gotten out of it unscathed. So that didn't help either. But uh, still, when you have McClanahan, Glasnow, health permitting, and Eflin, I mean, you still have three absolute Bulldogs every single time on the mound right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I. I... I like where it's at, but I would like to get one more. I'd like to get one more back because I, you know, it, it. You don't know if McClanahan's going to be able to keep it going through the postseason. He kind of petered out at the end of last year. Um, you know, of course, he's going to get stronger every year. At some point, he's going to be able to do that. Uh, they need to manage his innings a little bit to, to keep him fresh. So, um, and, and we didn't really talk about Shane. Another great game for him. The Rays are seven and zero when he starts games at the Trop. He's almost well. He is unbeatable there. <laughs> as from this year's numbers, not almost he is as is unbeatable. So I thought he was really, really good again yesterday. It's almost commonplace now, right? Um, he, he got a you know it, well, he gave up the three runs. Well, you know what? The Rangers can hit the freaking ball. Yeah, they can. And, yeah, and it, I mean, it all leave, happened. It was one sequence of the game. It was right. literally just a three or four batter sequence where he allowed the all the three runs. Outside right. of that, Shane McClanahan was fine. Maybe he didn't have the strikeout numbers right that you like to see, but he only walked one guy. He settled in very nicely after yeah. that kind of blow up. I mean, he did what a, he did what the best pitcher you would expect in the league to do. That's what he did. To me, he like right now he's like in this stage where he's just battling through every start at the moment. And when I say mm-hmm. that, I don't mean that in a negative way. It mean like maybe he's do, he doesn't have the the seven inning zero run you know three hit ten strikeout stuff, right? But he's still able to find a way to battle and get through six and get through seven and give the Rays a chance to win. That's what the best pitchers do. On their, on their days where they're not great, quote-unquote, they can mm-hmm. still give you enough to let you win the game. And that's what Shane yeah. McClanahan's doing right now. Yeah, he retired the last 15 batters that he faced. Exactly. So you want to talk about getting in a groove um, and, and giving your team a chance to win. And he knows his offense is going to come back against that team, even though he never lost the lead. Um, you know, at 4-3, you're, you're a little concerned. But, you know, Wander gives you the, the, the home run that gives you the distance, and you go on to take two or three from the Rays. So um, before we hit the break, let's go ahead and listen to, to um, uh, Kevin Cash's post-game comments on Shane McClanahan and Wander Franco and the Rays getting this 7-3 to three win over the Rangers. What did you like about your approach, especially at the beginning against a, a good pitcher, that fast start? Yeah, really good pitcher. And I, I said earlier um, that you know we've seen Martin lock it in once he gets in rhythm. Not a guy that you want to, to get comfort on the mound. I felt like we did a really good job of right out of the gate, bases loaded, no outs to pick up the first two runs. Worked in our favor a lot. And then we just continued to add on. Overall, really good day. Wander certainly came up with the, the big home run that's kind of opened the game up a little bit. I was going to say, was it nice to see Wander get his first home run since, since May 9th, I believe? 
Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's all over the base all the time. So, <laughs> yeah, good for him. Congrats. Um, like he's a good player. I mean, he squares balls up. He's hitting uh, in the gaps and stuff. So for him to get a home run, great. He's going to get plenty more. McClanahan, seven innings for the third time in his last five outings. He retired the last 15 guys he faced. Just what did you see from him today? Another really strong performance. I mean, their, their uh, offense, we talked about it as when they were coming in. They've backed it up. They've, they've scored a lot of runs for good reason, a bunch of good hitters. Mac really competed well today and made some big pitches. You know, the, the glitch in the... I think the third inning or whatever it was, uh, they just got to him kind of quick. But he's just showing so much poise on the mound that it doesn't phase him, doesn't rattle him. He gets through the inning, and then he just kicks it to another level. Did you talk about that comebacker there early that glanced off any part of his face? or did just No, glove? just glove. No. thought it was hit. I think he thought it was hit a little harder than it was. Looked like his changeup was particularly effective today. Did you notice anything? Um, yeah, no, I agree, and I think that was probably the game plan coming in, with all, with the exception of um, Nathaniel and, and Seager sitting right there. He knew the changeup was going to have to play big for him, and it definitely did. And then the slider and some of the fastballs up to, to the lefties. You talked about his poise. What's the difference? What do you see different in him now with having poise and maybe in the past? Yeah, well, he did it last year, too. He was a really good pitcher. But I think just watching him not not get overly frustrated, be able to you know, flush a bad inning, flush a pitch that he didn't like, want to execute, it doesn't carry over. And that's a sign of a really good pitcher. Your best pitchers, they, they release the ball. Once it's gone, they're on to the next pitch. Seemed like he was getting stronger as he went along there, too. Yeah, certainly felt like that. And to what Trisha's point, I guess he backed that up with 15 at the end. What happened on the, I think it was Samian's ball to the wall that Siri, did he just miss it when he went to pick it up? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, it k- kind of came off the wall hot right off the top. I thought Homer off the bat. Uh, Jose looked like he played it perfectly. It just, when he when he went to grab it, uh, I think he tried to grab it barehanded. I'm not totally sure and just didn't get there. All right, there's Kevin Cash from uh, Sunday's post game right there, courtesy of Bally Sports Sun. We thank them for that. So, uh, I just Cash's demeanor is just so so good, right? He's just I contrast that with Aaron Boone, who just always seems like he's angry at the, the world. I was like, going to say this too yesterday. Him. I was watching that game. It's Aaron Boone. I'm throwing Alex Cora in there, by the way, as well. These guys yeah. are whiny, man. Every game I watch, it's either Cora's out of the dugout trying to discuss something. Yesterday, I had no idea what it was. Boone's doing the same thing. I mean, last week when the Rays played the Red Sox, when Cora got ejected from the game, they show there's an account on Twitter, and it follows every pitch, an umpire, and it's like the scorecard. Like, the best umpired game of the year behind home plate was the game that Alex Cora got ejected from. (laughs) The best game of the year. Well, he wasn't used to seeing it. And he was arguing balls and strikes, and it was the best called game of the year by any umpire. Yeah, these guys just got to find something to whine about. I know they're under pressure, but uh, that th- can't help your team. You know, when your manager, you know, comes in every day, just you know, wound tight as a tick, man. It just and look the way look the way Cashy is. You know, oh, is that he hadn't homered in a month? I I, I don't care because he's playing great baseball. I don't. You know, we're not out there going, hey, uh, let's get a little uppercut on that swing and see if we get some more. No, keep doing what you're doing, bro. Don't change a dadgum thing, and. Uh, He's playing phenomenal baseball. Yeah, and, and at this time, you know, what are they, 48 and... 48 and 20. 20. And they actually... And, and unfortunately, I think they lost a game. Oh. I think they lost a game lead in the in the division because I think the Orioles got a sweep this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. 
I, I was not paying attention to those, to be quite honest. But still, but, they um, have a six-game lead. And by the way, they got the they got the Oakland A's now uh, for, what, three games, four games out mm-hmm. west? The A's, if you can believe it, are on a five-game win streak. They just swept, saw that. They just swept the Milwaukee Brewers, who I want to say were in first place when that series began. And given what I've seen with the AL Central, where like no team is over 500, the NL Central and the AL Central, we just need to go kaboom. Okay, we need to cap the teams at like 20 or something because both these divisions stink and don't yeah. deserve to have a representative in the playoffs. There's just no way. We have a team like the, the Pirates lost like 11 games in a row or in first place in the NL Central, and the Twins were under 500 and got swept by the Rays, and they're in first place in the AL Central. Like, this can't yeah. happen. This cannot happen. And the Rays only have a six-game lead. Well, the good, good part about it is finally the balanced schedule, right? I mean, before the before the year, we said this is going to be the biggest change for the Rays is a balanced schedule that that gives them right off the top. We said that gives them five to ten games right there, and it may be more this year because these other teams are so bad. You know, uh, it just it kind of boggles the mind, like how you can be this bad, especially these teams. Like, what are the Padres spending? Like two hundred and eighty million dollars. And they're what three games under? I haven't at the checked Mets. lately, but the- look at the Mets. The Mets are thirty-one and thirty-six, yeah. and they're and they have three oh players. God. Three players: Verlander, Scherzer, and Lindor, who are all playing at the league at the under average, like they're under league average in their in their numbers right now, and they account for a hundred and fifteen million of their cap. Right there, yeah, uh, that's roughly two and a half times what the Rays are spending. That's crazy. That's crazy. And look at the players that the Rays are putting out there. Look at the players that they're feeling out there. It's it's fun to watch, man. We are loving it. All right, we'll get into some more Rays talk. We're gonna uh, we got the Shane McClanahan interview. We'll do that in our second hour. But we got a lot more to get to. Yeah, couple, we got more butt stuff. And I was gonna say some people are already mentioning it in the comments. And you said you didn't even see the story, so maybe you'll read it during break. Really, really interesting story that happened at the game on Friday night that we have to get into. Crazy, crazy yes, story. Yes. Absolutely, we we will do that. Um, yeah, uh, that I, I saw it on Twitter and like, what the hell are people talking about? It's bizarre. All right, quick break. When we come back, we'll we'll talk about that. We got buck stuff to get to, hockey, uh, other NFL news, tennis, all kinds of stuff. It's the JB Peterson Show, brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J E E V E S Law Group dot com, and Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B A M M C dot com. Back in three. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 
That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. We will be having Chris Lugo on tomorrow from Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Can't do it today, so we'll get him on tomorrow with some topics. If you guys ever have any questions, uh, health questions, uh, workout questions, nutrition questions, 
Uh, Chris Lugo is the best. So just put him in our comment section. We'll save it for the time he comes around. And he will usually with us on Mondays, but he's got a push to Tuesday. So we'll get him tomorrow. But if you, think, if you need to lose weight, folks, if you're looking about uh, testosterone therapy, which is a complete game changer, this is the place to go. Bay Area Modern Medical Center. They do everything on the cutting edge, not this old school 30, 40 years ago technology. They're doing the latest and the greatest uh, to help you lose weight, do it safely. And if you need the testosterone, that's something that needs to be under a doctor's care. So make sure it's done the right way, something personalized for you, not a one-size-fits-all. They do that all at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C.com. Um, yeah, so you mentioned the story um, on Friday at, um, and Jordan G., who is also a paramedic. Thank you, Jordan, oh, for uh, the work you do and all the people that you work with, our first responders. So um, tell me a little bit about what happened. I, I knew there was a ball that went into the um, the raised porch area, the, um, but then there was a commotion over there. Randy Rosarena went over there. Somebody had a heart attack, and they had to uh, revive him there. All right, well, these are two separate, two separate incidents. The one you're talking about okay. was yesterday. Randy scolded one down the left field line, and it landed in that little, uh, like, tiki. I don't know how, what you call it down there. Near the 162 landing, that little area where everybody sits. Right, right. He scolded one in there, and, like, I saw it, and I'm like, ooh, that hit somebody really hard. Like, I could tell. And then, like, Dwayne Stats and B.A. went pretty quiet, and Randy kept looking over there, and so did the umpire. And, like, Randy looked like he was, like, he couldn't focus his entire at-bat. Um, and it, it sounds like, I think there was somebody who had put it on Twitter that was sitting near there. It looks like it might have hit a kid, and then yeah, ricocheted, and then ricocheted off the, the mom, and then someone else or something like that. But it sounded like they were okay. Uh, the separate incident, and John Romano wrote this story. Um, this happened on Friday, and this was a very serious event. Uh, uh, Jamie Moral Janie Morales and uh, Ken Frey are their names, and they're a couple, I believe. And so he surprised her with tickets to the game three hours before the game was supposed to begin. He wanted to surprise her with Randy Land tickets. But then he found out that they were sold out, so he decided to splurge and get even better tickets, which happened to be a few feet away from the Rays' dugout. And okay. he suffered a card. He went into cardiac arrest. It sounds like on the first hitter of the game or second hitter of the game, I believe. And it sounds like what saved his life potentially was where he was sitting, because it was right there next to the Rays' dugout. Obviously, so everybody was able to see it, and they were able to get the Rays medical team up into the stands to help, and oh, were, they were able to get resuscitate. Yeah, they were able to resuscitate him, and you know she had a really good comment, and it was at the end here. Uh, she said it was we were in the right place at the right time. It was literally God's timing, is what she said. Wow! So it was a pretty, had the pretty powerful story there. Yeah, they had the defib thing there, probably close by, and, and yeah, that probably saved his life. Uh, and one of one of our uh, commenters, I don't know who it was, also mentioned Raheem, probably Jordan mentioned Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris last week saved a kid's life um, at, at a pool. I think maybe it was in Vegas or something where he had had some training with the AED, the the defib, the defib thing, and he knew where to ask where to find it. Went and got it, and they used it on somebody and saved their life. And that you know, there's just something I've never used one of those things. I see them all around, but um, you know, I, I, I'm trained in CPR. I know how to do that, but I would like to know how to use the AED. In fact, I, I keep telling myself I need to go 
um, you know, Google a, a YouTube video just to, because that's going to happen probably at some time in your life. And those, those devices are just, they're everywhere now, which is fantastic. But, you know, you still have to be able to access them, know how to use them and get the job done. So that might be something that everybody should put on their to-do list because you could probably save a life and, and they're, you know, those things are everywhere. So, you know, kudos to Raheem Morris, the St. Pete Fire Department. Um, great stuff, man. We, um, we see these things happen. We have to re recognize when they're, they're literally saving people's lives all the time. So thank you, Jordan G and all the guys that you work with and ladies that you work with. Cause it's, it's, um, it's comforting to know that wherever you go, and it's not like this everywhere in the world, folks, trust me that, that we have these first responders that are ready to go. So good, good, good stuff. Um, all right. Anything else on the raise we need to get to? Uh, we'll do Shane in the second part, but I wanted to get into uh, some of the Buccaneer stuff. Devin White showed up at a promo shoot yesterday. Voluntary promo shoot. So, you know, these are the things you see on the scoreboard uh, during the game where they're firing up the team. Uh, you'll see them in uh, television promos, all types of different things. They'll come up with different themes. They set up a green screen and you know, a bunch of the stars will come in and do their lines and do all kinds of stuff. So um, it's, you know, he if he's doing that, then clearly the team and the player feels like he's going to be here this year. Uh, now, whether or not that means he's going to be at OTAs this week, I don't know, but it seems like that's a good sign. I, I don't know why you would go to that and then sit out the OTAs. I, yeah, because, I like, I watch those things all the time when they come up in the stadium, and sometimes I think to myself – Man, this looks so awkward. Like, I feel like a player would probably hate to have to like do this. They're probably like, "Oh, I got to put on this uniform. I got to put on my pads, and I got to do this cheesy little call or whatever that's going to play over the stadium all season long." And guys are probably going to rib me for it and all this stuff. So, for him to actually willingly, it almost sounds like here, or maybe the Bucks asked him and he, you know, said, "All right, I'll go." Whatever. I don't know. You don't really, but it does is a good sign, like you said, that he's going to be here. When this season begins, I'm really hoping he's here tomorrow at mandatory OTAs because if you show up on day one of mandatory OTAs, regardless of what's going on with the contract situation, it almost feels like we can then like rest a little bit, no? Like we can rest a little bit and most of the drama that was surrounding this team, which was really just focused on this, can kind of subside a little bit. That's the way I kind of feel about it. Absolutely. I mean, this is really... You know, a lot of teams got a lot of different things going. We'll talk about Saquon Barkley in a little bit. But this is the really the only drama that the Buccaneers have right now, yeah. right? Everything else is is good to go. There's no, you know, threats of retirement. There's nobody hopefully leaving camp for 11 days, uh, you know, not constantly fixated on their off-the-field issues. Uh, this is a team that's focused on being better, especially offensively. Um, this is the main, you know, there's, except for Devin White, he's the only distraction out there. And if he comes to camp and does what he's supposed to do, it's the only way he's going to get paid. So I don't, it's the dumbest strategy ever, I think, especially when you're in a guy in his position. Like I could see quarterbacks doing it. Like what Kyler Murray did the other, you know, a couple of years ago. Look, you got the organization by the balls. Let's just be honest with it. You know, you do. They, they, they got to pay you. And, and Devin White's, situation they don't got to pay you no the, the second draft, they, the second best linebacker on the team does not have much pool in my opinion no right there no no you don't you don't have that kind of leverage that you think you have they and, and like we say 
The Ray, the the Ray, the Bucks can say all they want. We have no plans to trade Devin White. Absolutely, but we did draft your replacement, and so far so good. Servassier Dennis has not played it down in the NFL. We're not saying he's Devin White or can play like Devin White, but early reviews are he's a damn good player. He's a great leader. He's going to be part of this team for a long, long time. He was productive in college. Um, I you know to get this guy in the fifth round was an absolute freaking steal, uh, but he's still got to go out there and play. You yeah. got to go out there and play. Well, best and, case scenario, though, I think best case scenario for the Bucks, right? And correct me if I'm wrong with any of this stuff, is that you get Devin back this year, right? And this is Levante's last year, we're all assuming. And it would be Servassier replacing Levante. And hopefully Devin goes out this year with a different focus, and he has a career year. And what I mean by a career year, like he has the numbers every year. They always look great on paper. It's just when you watch the games, you can tell that the numbers are misleading. Like maybe he's a bit better in coverage this year. Maybe he takes some strides there. Maybe he's more controlled. Now, I've been saying all along, after four years or whatever it's been, sometimes I feel like you are what you are. But I'm just painting painting the best case scenario. This happens, and hopefully they meet instead of... You know the Bucks valuing him right now at the eleven point seven million because they kind of have to because of the the uh, the tag and the fifth year option, and then him valuing at twenty million. Hopefully they meet somewhere in the fourteen to fifteen range. I think would be great, and maybe he comes to its senses that hey, that's a good deal for me. I like being here. This team has gone to bat for me over and over and over. So it's not like they're speaking ill against me in the public or they're upset with what I'm doing publicly, right? Mm-hmm. And he returns, and now you have you're paying a linebacker fifteen million, and then you got a linebacker for the next four years on a rookie, and it's perfect. I mean, that has to be the best case scenario that you're looking for here. What's the chances that happens? The yeah. best case scenario for me. Well, I know what your best case scenario, case scenario is. <laughs> I know what yours What's is. That? Well, mine was What's for mine was for what the Bucks are thinking. I know what yours is. You would want to flip him for a two and. You'd probably want to do the Roquan Smith trade. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take a two and a five for him right now, especially with a team that has a high two. Um, not, yeah, I'll, I'll do that all, all day long, and then I don't have to pay an inside linebacker $15 million. And, and here's the thing. Even if he goes out and has a good year, all right, so let's say, you know, like you said, he's got holes in his game. He's not worth $15 million a year. I don't think any inside linebacker is worth $15 million, certainly not $20 million a year. I don't think it's just not that Not position. any of them? I mean, Ray Lewis? Yes. Okay. Um, well, nobody in the Levante game right David? Nobody Levante in the game. David, the, Levante in David prime? in his prime, yes. yeah. The Keekleys of the world, yeah, the yeah, Wagners in their prime. Luke Keekleys of the world, yeah. He ain't in that class, bro. You know that and I know that. Correct. He ain't even close to that class. You know, he's been just overrated because of his high draft status and his Super Bowl – accolades which were fantastic but what has he done lately he's gotten beat for a lot of touchdowns singled out by other teams in the red zone all the time and he can't get off blocks he's just not an elite linebacker he's not and everybody thinks he is he's not and Todd Bowles thinks he's the second best player in his defense he He knows better than I he He knows better than I I believe he said best player yeah, on he knows better than I. Well, that's why. That's why I, I told you in the top five. Well, that's why I told you my best case scenario. I'm speaking for what the Bucks I think believe. As long as Todd Bowles is the head coach, I don't think Devin White is going anywhere. I, they seem very. I think that's a mistake. But here's the thing, though. This could be the last year for Todd Bowles, 
as True. this could be the last year for Devin White. It's the last year that right at this moment that they're paying him any money, right? So who knows? This might be a situation where things go south this year, which we've talked about. If that happens, then they're both out. I mean, yeah, I think that's the way I'd look at it, because if you're a new head coach coming in next year, I think the last thing you'd want to do as a new head coach with the Bucks knowing that they have to continue to get their books a little better and get some breathing room, and not only that, but be able to add, I think the last thing you'd want as a new head coach is to sign a linebacker to $15, $20 million deal. So I think the dynamic changes a lot if Todd Bowles is not here, whereas if he's if here, to me it seems like he's going to go to bat for, for Devin White. Yeah, and, and you know if there is a new coach, it's, it's about a 95% uh, chance that it's going to be a offensive-minded coach. Correct. An offensive and they will put I resources think. on that side of the ball. Yes, exactly. I was, because I was looking up right now um, the Bucks salary cap 2023. I think an inordinate amount of these players – are on the uh, on the defensive side, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as the top paid. Um, okay, Mike Evans at 13 million. Um, this is base salary. Uh, Shaq at 14 million. Devin White and by the way, Devin White, the third highest paid player on the team. Um, Devin White at 11 million. Uh, let's see, yeah, 11 million. Then you got uh, Chris Godwin. Then Carlton Davis, Vita Vea. So one, two, three, four. Four of the top six are defensive guys. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely trends there. Then you got Ryan Jensen, Tristan Wirfs, Russell Gage. Uh, for some reason, Jamel Dean is way down here. I, I guess his his is not kicked in yet. Um, yeah, because Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis are going to be at the top of those uh, in the top. Yeah, where's, where's, by, by, I'm looking at, like, the, I got the same chart as you, but I think I'm looking at the cap hit. Carlton Davis, yeah, I'm sorry, it's fifth, yeah. Yeah, and I'm looking at the cap hit, and yeah, Devin, I did, you have Mike and Shaquille, or Shaquille, Shaq Merritt, who are making uh, over $20 million on a cap hit, and then Devin's at the 11-7, and everything else is under $10 million, including getting yeah. Levante David this year for $1.8 million against your cap. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. So, um, yeah, so they, they've got a lot of money committed to the defensive side, and, and frankly, they have to step up. This defense has got to be better this year. And and I know the overall numbers were pretty good last year, but the, against the good teams, they were not good. They, and they got spanked by Dallas. They were I mean, Dallas did whatever the hell they wanted to with that awful offensive coordinator uh, that they had that they had to get rid of. <laughs> Dallas is just the dumbest team ever. They're just the dumbest team ever. Like they have an offense that's scoring forty points a game, and then they're going to get rid of the offensive coordinator, and let Mike McCarthy call the plays. I mean, you just you can't make this stuff up. How stupid they can be at times. Absolutely, the the yeah. dumbest. Yeah, Richie had um, Richie, so, Richie had a good point here, by the way, in these comments. He said uh, Devin was embarrassingly thrown out of the club three or four times. I can't remember. Yeah, getting, I can't remember getting thrown out of the club ever happening to Shelton Quarles, D Brooks. Uh, Hardy Levante throw Broderick Tom or hell throw Broderick Thomas in there uh, too. That's so true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I just it, it, if there's one guy that just doesn't fit all of this right now with the way that he was he's been acting, it's Devin White. Let's not forget all the social media shenanigans that he's done. I can't and I can't believe that would endear his teammates to him, but. And hopefully he got back in there yesterday and everybody, you know, everybody's feeling good and Devin's back in the fold and he's going to be at OTAs and he's going to go to work and we're not going to hear anything about the money. 
and he's just going to go out and play and, and try to go earn it. And shut shut me up, Devin. I mean, please go out there and show show me you can get off blocks. Show me you can get out and cover. Show me you can be disciplined in the red zone. Show me all these things. I I, I want to see it because we haven't seen it uh, consistently in the last couple couple of years. That's why PFS has you ranked as one of the worst linebackers out there. And you just don't have any leverage. It's just so silly. It's so silly what's going on. I don't know who's giving you advice, but if I were you, I'd just be like, hey, come into camp and say, look, I, I did some things I'm sorry about, stupid social media stuff. My bad. It was immature. Um, I'm here to, you know, to be a captain of this team, to be better, to make my game better, to, to fill in the holes, uh, to lead this team to a championship. Um, forget all the shenanigans. Uh, I'm getting paid eleven million dollars this year, and I'm going to go. I'm going to ball out and get a big contract. All right. I, I was going to ask. By Let's the go, way. bro. I'm with you. I was going to ask. By the way, if he shows up to to mandatory this week. How does it kind of work? Like, are the Bucks obligated to throw him up there to talk to the media to answer questions, or no. how does it kind of work no. when it in the in the mandatory sessions? Not 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 obligated at all. Um, you know, typically the the meet now everybody in the media is going to ask for him. You That's know, what I'm saying. We, is we that saw how it kind of works. There? We saw it play out. Yeah, we saw it play out in the regular season. And I was standing right there when the whole conversation was going down in the locker room. Yeah, that was after the SAP um, Twitter thing, right? And he came out and you know did the quasi statement apology or whatever um, or comment on it. And then you know all the media was in there on a Wednesday waiting to get Devin White. Now they have a a step and repeat. Uh, thing that has all the logos on it that they bring some players players over that everybody wants to talk to, you know, what we lovingly call the gangbang. Um, and then so he was over there. I think it was Kevin O'Donnell from Fox went over to try to get an interview with him, and he's like, nah, nah. And Kevin's like, come on, man. Everybody wants to hear what you got to say about, about SAP. He's like, ah, just, you know, it's not worth it, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I believe it was Nelson or one of the PR guys went over there and tried to talk him into it. So then he kind of reluctantly came over and and met with the media, and that's kind of the way that goes. Everybody everybody will make the requests. Everybody who's going to want to talk to Devin, um, and then he'll decide whether he wants to talk to the media or not. I don't think he will. I don't think he will, because he's the guy that scrubs the social media, but doesn't want to stand in front of us mean reporters who are going to ask him mean questions, and he'll have to answer for him. I mean. If you don't have to answer for your immature behavior, do you really want to do it? No. We just assume that you just forget we did it and we move on, right? But it doesn't work that way in the big in the big boy league. It doesn't work that way. We don't forget. We got to have answers. Why did you put up that little green heart on the Eagles uh, Instagram page? Why did you make that statement about taking care of your own? Why did you, you know, all this other st- stupid social media middle school stuff. You got, and you got to answer questions for it. What are you going to say? Oh, well, I was just upset about my contract. I mean, I wish you would. Just come out, be, you know, step up. It's just, it's, we're just reporters. I, I like people you that can are, handle us. I like people who are just honest and refreshing. And, you know, that's why, yeah. I, that's why I had told you about that whole Saquon thing because I thought it had some juxtaposition. Yeah, a bring bit. that up. Yeah. Let's I, talk I, about that now. I thought it was good to bring it up because. That's kind of a contract situation that I think has flown under the radar. He has not signed his his uh, franchise tag. He has not done right. that yet. And obviously, we're at June twelfth now. I believe they have until yep. July seventeenth to get something done long term. And he spoke pretty candidly about this and said that he's contemplated, or he will contemplate sitting out the season, a la Le'Veon Bell, 
if they do not come to an agreement by July seventeenth. Uh, and he kind of called out the NFL, and he mentioned Tony Pollard by name and Josh Jacobs for not by name. That he believes the NFL is doing this as a whole plan to franchise tag every running back to make it to where they don't hit free agency and they can cap their salaries at ten million or lower. And he's not wrong, is he? He's not wrong. By no. that thinking, no. but again, as you mentioned to me when I brought this up to you, they, they agreed to it, number one. And CBA. Number two, is it not a smart move? It's a very smart move. There is no, to me, a winning team, and when I mean winning team, I'm talking about Super Bowl level, typically is not paying a running back north of $10 million. It's just no. not happening. No. I mean, the Chiefs just got it done with the seventh-round guy out of Rutgers, Pacheco, right? I mean, that's kind of how it goes. Like, I'm trying to remember this because there's some crazy stat. Maybe uh, uh, intern Nick can look this up. When is the last time a leading rusher won the Super Bowl? Like, I think you've got to go back to Emmett Smith, if I'm not mistaken. Like, in the 90s, one of the Cowboys teams. The last time a leading rusher won a Super Bowl. Um, uh, I may be bitten the ass on this because I remember seeing a stat a few years ago. Where it was just, it's been forever since that happened. So, you know, yeah, and, and here's the other thing. According to the Post. Terrell Davis. Yeah, yeah. what is that? 98? Did they, want, did they win it in 98, right? 2001, yeah. Yeah, 98, just, and then Sean Alexander, 2005, Seattle got to the Super Bowl and lost. And I believe he's right. the last one of his team to get to the Super Bowl. There, there you go. And, it, and then it, it, as far as a, lot, a, a running back making a lot of money, you know, it may have never happened. You'd probably have to go back to those two guys. So it's a different game now. And, and the, the, this is, just boggles my mind. The, po- the Post reported that Saquon Barkley rejected a deal that would have paid him $14 million annually. That's, dude. <laughs> that's just bad judgment dude, by him. That's very bad Wake up bad and judgment. read the room, man. Look, I know you're a great player. Although you know the, the uh, one of the rankings had you at the sixth best running back, which I don't think is out of whack. Fourteen million running backs don't make that, that anymore, that bro. It's the, a different game. That would have made him the third highest running back in the league behind yeah. Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, by the way. And you want to sit out a year with a torn and, and piss and, away and yeah. has injury issues in the past, a torn ACL, not available. Damn good when he's out there. Not taking that away yeah. from him. But and also he's not. What is he? Twenty six. Yeah. I want to say he's and 26 he's, right now. He's not, it's not like he's like 23 or 24. Like He's already like entering the last stage, unfortunately, of his peak. Yeah, and again, don't complain about the system because your, your players' union ratified it. So don't complain about how the system works against running backs. That's just the way it is. And the bottom, bottom line is you know, running backs are their own worst enemies because good ones come out, like you said, Pacheco in the seventh round. You can get good ones that, that come out of nowhere. because You know why? Because normally the best athlete plays running back. Go back to the, you know, the best players, the best athletes on the team. A lot of them are running backs. They're the, the, when you talk about a combination of speed, size, power, elusiveness, balance, the, 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 the running backs are the best. And unfortunately, they get contacted the most. Correct. So you know you've got you've got a you've got a lot of bad things working for you here, Saquon, in terms of longevity. Number one, you're a big dude. You're 235 pounds, right? You run hard. You take a lot of punishment, um, and that's to your you know to your 
credit. You're a hard, you run hard. You're a great, great player, and you play hard. But that's it. In the end, it's really a deficit for you because you're not going to last in this league. It's just it's it's a gladiator sport. It sucks for you. It does. But you know, no one wants to say this out loud because it's disrespectful and inhumane in a lot of ways. And I don't mean this in a literal sense. But I think general managers look at running backs as disposable commodities. Use them up for the first five years you got them under contract and then move on because they're not worth keeping. They break down in that second contract. Look at Ezekiel Elliott. Show me one second contract for a running back that you would say ended up to be a good deal for the team. Well, I can't remember any of them. Well, I'm in a Maybe Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, always the outlier. Yes. I was going to say in the current game, I mean, Derrick Henry is on a good, is on a good deal right now. Yep. It, but yep. even his is not outrageous. Like, his, his cap hit, I believe, is, I want to say it's like 12-5 or something like that right now, his salary. For his production, that's For his production, fine. and the fact that he, and he's like almost the outlier in the modern game because he carries, the offense run, I mean, no pun intended, they run through him. Obviously, that offense does. They go through him, so he's a little bit of the outlier there uh, when it comes to that. But uh, and McCaffrey has had injuries. You know, he was great last year, and he fits like a glove in San Francisco. But Kamara, I'd argue, hasn't been great nope. on the second he's half, declined. especially since Drew Brees is gone. Especially yep. since Drew Brees has been gone there. Uh, I think the Bengals are feeling it with Joe Mixon right now. The yep. Packers eventually are going to feel it with Aaron Jones. Yep. I'm gonna say, um, yeah, I, I th- and that's kind of I just named right there the running backs right now who are on those second contracts. Again, there's not many of them. There's legit right. six running backs in the NFL right now: McCaffrey, Kamara, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones. Six running backs who are working on one of those larger contracts right now. Everybody else is on a tag or way underneath that. Yeah, and you see anybody running after Ezekiel Elliott right now? No, and, and this is why Dalvin Cook, um, he said that he's not taking a, he's not going to take a deal that's like four or five million. He wants to cash out, but I love Dalvin Cook. I know you do as well, but again, injury history, very physical brand of football he plays in, 27 years old. I just don't see it, especially if he wants to win as well. I just do not see a team. He might be sitting there for a while until he comes down a little bit. It's And it's... You know, it's not to say he hasn't been. I mean, who's been the best running back in the past six years? Um, I would have to look at the numbers, but generally going to be say that, generally Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, McCaffrey, Kamara. Right. I think Chubb. I think those are probably the five in some yeah. order. Um, and the kid in uh, San Diego, from touchdown perspective, obviously, I forget his name. Eckler. Um, uh, Who also uh, has a gripe. He, he's also in the middle of a yeah. gripe right now where he's like, you know, there's like 20 guys on, on our team that are getting paid more than I am. And last time I right. checked, I'm doing this. And it's like, I understand you're not lying, but again, nobody's paying you, bro, over that much money. It's not happening. Yeah, it's just the way the game goes. It's just it's it's crappy for running backs right now. Um, and with the with the rules the way they are, it's a passing league. And you guys just aren't as important as you used to be. So... Sucks for you. So what you're telling me? Read, so what you're telling me is you hate the B. John Robinson pick. Is what you're telling me? It's yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, rookie running backs aren't. I mean, they're okay. You get five years. You get their best five years. Yeah, and we got a uh, young I mean, quarterback. You know, you, it, it, it seems like a good yeah. fit. Yeah, when you get when you're in a situation like that, and he's that good, and he's transcendent, and he's you know 
you you got to be one of those guys that I put in the Dalvin Cook category. And I don't know if Bijan Robinson is that guy. I don't know. Everybody says he is. Everybody said that about Saquon Barkley. He's going to be the greatest running back in the history of the league. Eh. You know, um, injuries, whatever. So I don't I'm, – I'm not quite there on B. I'm not saying it's not going to happen for Bijan, but I'm a let's see it kind of guy. Uh, I, I thought Dalvin Cook, you know, I watched him play behind some awful offensive lines and run for 250 yards against Miami multiple times with nobody blocking for him. And I'm like, this dude is special, Bucks. You better take him. Oh, no, O.J. Howard looks like a good pick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry for you, Saquon and Dalvin. Great guys, great players. You play hard. But, you know, read the room, guys. Read the room. If you want to play in this league, you're not going to get as much money, but you're not going to get any more money playing tennis or golf. All right? <laughs> you ain't making this money anywhere else. So get the best deal you can, ball out, and just keep being productive. That's the way running get backs get paid in the later years, right? Like Adrian Peterson. Just keep running, keep running, keep running. They'll give you four, five, six million on one-year deals. Just keep running. And by the end of your career, if you're, if you're lucky to stay healthy, you know, you might have a 12-year career and make over $120 million. That's the best you can hope for. You're not getting the, the wide receiver deals. You're not getting the quarterback deals. You're not even getting the edge rusher deals. You're not getting them. You know, you're replaceable. You're replaceable. That's the way the teams look at you. I don't mean to be mean, but that's that's your life as an NFL running back. Yeah, and, that, and that's unless you do multiple things that are great, like a McCaffrey, where he could give you the guy could get a thousand receiving yards if he wanted to. I think he did it already once in yeah. his career. He can give you two thousand yeah. scrimmage yards, and then he's worth that price tag. Yeah, yeah. But he, but not for long term. Like no. I, I, even McCaffrey, I wouldn't have given a second contract to. But they're also in a great. But they're at him breaking down now. That's true. It, but it, but you know, like situation based, San Francisco is not paying anything towards their quarterback right, right now. Right. So then, yeah. it's very situational based. When you're not paying the quarterback, you can afford to have that luxury. Absolutely, it's part of the game. Got to get bang for the buck. Um, all right, we'll take another break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get to uh, the NBA, the NHL, as well as the finals uh, continue. It looks like the Nuggets and the Knights are prohibitive favorites to win, so we'll get to that. Um, magic in the PGA world yesterday, um, as if we need to talk. Let's talk about something on the course for once. All right, quick break. Back in three. Stay with us. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. 
Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 less after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. 
I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right. Welcome back on this Monday to the JP Peterson Show brought to you by Extravaganza Productions. Our great friends over there, Paul Thomason and his crew, uh, did all the production work for the Pro Padel tournament this past six weeks out in Zephyr Hills. Did a phenomenal job. Uh, Absolutely professional setup as usual. His team is uh, a quality on every level. And if you have a business meeting or a charity event or just a small event that you want uh, real professional production for and creative solutions, they have a huge warehouse full of props, uh, everything from a Game of Thrones throne uh, to humongous footballs. or <laughs> So whatever you need, they have it in that uh, humongous where, uh, warehouse of theirs. So uh, go to extravaganzaproductions.com, extravaganzaproductions.com, and they will uh, have a free meeting with you to go over creative ideas for your event uh, and tell you what they can do for you. So it's free, free call. So if you got an event, find out what it costs to get it done the right way. And that's Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. Can I tell you real quick, honestly, about an event I went to this weekend, by the way? Yes, please do. I was up in Orlando on Saturday. I went to the me and Casey went to the Brooks and Dunn concert, which was fantastic at Amway. But I just had to get I had to say this today. Orlando, and if you listen to the show, even though I went to school over there, I despise that city, and it was amplified (laughs) after what I had to deal with on Saturday. Let me just tell you this real quick. So, I get over there, and we got over there probably about an hour and a half before like the openers and all that. Right, the Geico Garage. Is sold out completely already because there's an Orlando City game going on as well. So it's like mayhem right there. A lot of people. And they're charging like $40 to park at all these lots that are like kind of nearby. And I'm like, eh, I'm not doing that. Nope. No. So I found a parking garage that was $20. And it's like right down the road from Amway. It's not like probably like a five-minute walk. And it has a sign and it says all major credit cards accepted. This is a parking garage, by the way. I get up in line, and I give the lady my card, and she goes, oh, we only take cash. And I'm like, well, the sign says all major – well, we only take cash. Now, have you ever heard of a parking garage that only takes cash? No. Ever heard of that one before? No. Yeah. Could not not comprehend this. Now, mind you – Did it look like a professional (laughs) setup? Like, did it – was it the city garage? Yeah, it was one of the city garages. Literally right there next to kind of like five like five minute walk down the street from Amway, literally. And so, mind you, we're like minutes away from one of those typical Florida thunderstorms. Like I don't know if if you if people here in Tampa got it that day, but the lightning yeah. was freaking insane. It was insane, yeah. and the thunder. It was it was really just getting really bad. And I'm trying to find anywhere that takes card. Every place only took cash, and I'm like, who carries around cash anymore? Like, this didn't make Nobody. any sense to me. I'm like, how are we parking? No. And then I finally find another one that says all credit cards accepted, and it was $20, and it was a little bit further down the street. 
And I pull into the guy, and I'm like, do you take card? And he's like, he's like, yeah, go see the guy down there. So I park, and I go see the guy, and his little machine is not working anymore, obviously. Free parking. Free parking. And eventually, I told the guy, I said, listen, you are the only – and he's trying to tell me. He's like, you have cash or anything? Like, we take cash. And I said, buddy, you are the only lot that told me they take card. Okay, and now now your machine's not working. So he told me, he goes, you know what? Go ahead and Venmo me, and then I'll send it over to the people. And I was like, okay. What? So eventually I got it. But, I mean, this the – I spent like 30 minutes like trying to find parking like that because nobody took car. I'm like, what are we doing? Orlando. That's so, that's so Orlando though. That's so Orlando, right? It's like their stadium, camping world stadium, you know, it kind of looks nice from the outside. You get in it. It looks like a state fair. You know, it's all temporary concession places. The bathrooms are awful. The, you know, the, the premium seating is less than premium. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's bargain basement, right? It's just not, it ain't Raymond James Stadium. Let's just put it. No. It ain't freaking close <laughs> to Raymond James Stadium, and it, it just and that's just Orlando. They're just second rate. Like oh, the Orlando Dreamer. I love Pat Williams. I love him to death. But there, I've I've heard some ramblings that maybe Stu Sternberg may have had a little something to do with that announcement. I'll just leave it at that. Because Pat had no financing. Had nothing from the the public, from the mayor, or anybody else. In fact, when they were asked, they were like, yeah, we're really not going to give a billion dollars for baseball. We got so many other things we're going to do with that money. So, yeah, doesn't didn't have an owner, didn't have doesn't have an ownership group to pay the $2.5 billion. And then suddenly there's another player in the game. Hmm, that might not have anything to put pressure on St. Petersburg or Hillsborough to come up with more money, would it? Would it? Huh. Huh. Hmm. That's very odd, isn't it? Very odd. <laughs> I knew the gears and I knew the gears in your head would start spinning before it was over with. I mean it just it's just, you know, it's just when I heard the story I was like, that makes total sense. Well. Makes total sense. Perhaps. Whatever. Perhaps. Um, my point yeah. of my story, Orlando sucks. Orlando sucks. They ain't having a baseball team. They can't do anything big time in terms of events. And when Messi comes to Orlando City, it's going to be messy. Like, it's going to be a disaster. Like, I, I wouldn't even want to try to buy a ticket there, to be quite honest, because they, they can't handle that. That's the other thing. With Matt, we, we, this, this is a totally separate show. We should do this. What is, like, these teams aren't, they aren't ready for this. Like, Miami's still playing in that Lockhart Stadium no, they have, they, have, they have their own stadium in Fort Lauderdale, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Fort Lauderdale. It's, a, it's they could, the old they Lockhart Stadium. They couldn't work it out in Miami, I guess. Yeah, it's the old Lockhart Stadium. Like, I, I thought maybe when Messi's coming, they're going to move it to Hard Rock. Do you know there's actually an issue? There's a bigger issue at hand here. A lot of the sta- Some of these teams, the MLS, play in stadiums that are artificial turf. And I believe right. I was listening to somebody, like, I don't think Messi is going to play on artificial turf. I think there's like a real thing to this. Because I remember I was listening, I was listening on SiriusXM, and they were actually having a chat about this. Like the, the New England Revolution, I guess they play in, I want to say they play in Gillette, I think. They have so much problems getting yeah. their own arena, or stadium rather. Right, And right, right. the fans were calling in, they're like, he's never going to play over here on this turf. And that's why I guess they can't get players to play for that team. So I'm curious if that's going to be a big thing. 
because I Interesting. mean, players do not like playing on. I mean, football players don't like doing it. Of course, soccer players don't like doing it. Atlanta plays in, in the Georgia Dome, so they're on artificial turf. Yeah, I, th- I heard about that. I hadn't even really considered that if that's going to end up being a thing. Yeah, a lot of Americans, a lot of American a soccer, is, we we do turf a lot. Does Hard Rock Stadium have turf or grass? They have I, grass. That's grass. That's grass. That's grass. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I, my immediate thought was: is is Miami going to play in Hard Rock Stadium now that Messi is there? Why would they not? Why well, they build uh, their stadium, right which now, I think is the their new stadium there. is going to be. Yeah, the, I think the new stadium is going to be near the airport, Miami Airport, mm-hmm. the new Beckham thing. So. Um, while they build that stadium, is Messi even going to be playing on a team when that stadium gets built? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I haven't really looked at the timeline. Um, you wouldn't think. But, I mean, that Lockhart, you know, I, do they still call it Lockhart Stadium? I don't know. I'm completely ignorant on this, but that's what um, Nick was telling me last week. That intern Nick that they play, they still play there. They, they, Messi can't play there. <laughs> it's like what twenty thousand. If that, they could fill Hard Rock. Easy. Yeah, it's a for every home game. Yeah, it's called DRV PNK Stadium, whatever that means, and it's the old Lockhart, and it's only eighteen thousand seats. <clears throat> mind you, <laughs> mind you, this guy played in a uh, Camp Now, which was like probably close to a hundred thousand, if I had to bet. Right, right. Come on, something about this is just bizarre and weird. It, it's some, there's something, something, this is not, something's weird about this. It, you know what? A young John Peterson played football on that field multiple times in high school. In high school. Messi, Messi should not ever play an athletic event where I played, ever, <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. No, that, those grounds should not, his, his feet, his magical feet should not touch the same turf. And I realize it's not the same turf. But it should not be on the same grounds that a bunch of hacks like me played high school football in his 18,000 erector set seat stadium. That's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous to see Messi in, in playing in a, in a venue like that. And that's his home stadium? Yeah. Come on, what are we doing? Yeah, I literally just looked it up. It's a real thing. Messi does not prefer to play on turf whatsoever. So this could end up why, being why a, would he? Yeah, and this I'm curious to see if this will end up being a problem for MLS now. Like, what if he you just because he is pretty much pulled to say, "Listen, I'm not playing on turf, right?" Yeah. So that's going to be yeah. ew, that might be a little messy, obviously. And you and you will be able to like with what you will be able to charge for those tickets for him coming to your home venue, you will be able to change out the turf <laughs> and put down natural grass for one game, Literally. and it would be worth it. If you want to go back to your old turf, fine. But it would be with the amount of economic impact. Didn't we, I mean some of the numbers you were telling me last week about this were just ridiculous? Like how many season tickets were sold? How many? Uh, I mean the Apple shares and everything else. Adidas. Just, I mean, yeah, it's all just it's crazy. He's gonna make so much money uh, that it would. Like I said on Friday's show, it's going to kind of loosen that gap a little bit of what he would have gotten if he would have stayed in Europe. Or have gone to Saudi. He's going to make, and he's going to. And this is also the David Beckham deal. I don't know if I mentioned this when you were on air. David Beckham, when he signed a deal in '07, he was given an option in his contract to buy an expansion team for 25 million, and he exercised that on Inter Miami and landed Messi. So this is still kind of David Beckham impact, huge right here, obviously. But I wonder if Messi. I'm not. I'm not sure if he has the same kind of 
deal set up to where he can get an expansion team for twenty five million. I, not for twenty five million. Yeah, it's going to be a lot more, expansion. obviously. But what is what is what are MLS teams valued at now? Well, I'm pretty sure Inter Miami is now is now valued, I think one billion. I want to say because they were five hundred million, I think, before Messi, and now they've straight up doubled that when he came over. Really? Yeah. Um, let me see here. Uh, Los Angeles FC is worth a billion. Galaxy's worth nine twenty-five. Atlanta United's worth eight fifty. Um, so that's it. So twenty-five. He got to buy a team for twenty-five million. Yeah, he was given that. Uh, he was given that option in his contract. Yeah, that might have changed because obviously that was two thousand seven, when the league was still very in its infancy. Oh yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So potential. I'm sure maybe that changed when he ended up buying Inter Miami in twenty nineteen. Probably, but I just know that was his. That was in his initial deal. The lowest level team is the Colorado Rapids at three fifty, and CF Montreal at three seventy five. Mm-hmm. Dallas at four hundred. Where's my oh, Miami's up to six hundred now. That was before Messi's deal. The projection is okay. that this is going to take them to the top. Now they're going to be worth the most of any MLS team. Yeah, so the Los Angeles Football Club is the only one that's uh, that's. Uh, Valued at a billion dollars. So, um, yeah, interesting. Twenty-five million. I guess Beckham made a little money on that deal. Uh, hey, by the by the way, just on the note, real quick, because we were on the stadium talks. I wrote this story for On Three. I thought this was pretty interesting because the Jaguars are trying to find a place to play for right. potentially up to three years, starting in twenty twenty-five when they would start doing this construction. Did you see that they're uh, they're meeting with Daytona? International Speedway to discuss a possibility of playing there and turning that into a little bit of a football quasi football stadium. How the no. heck, how the heck that no. would work? I have no, no idea. No, no, <laughs> no, a thousand times no. What are we doing? No, the stands aren't. You'd have to put the field in the infield where there's already there's structures. Where where's the field going? I have no idea how it would work. I mean, they have plenty of space. Like, they can fit, like, eight Yankee stadiums, I think, inside the infield. Yeah, so but, there's room. But, this, but the stands are, you know, they're a, they're a good bit away from, from the pits. Yeah. Well, not the pits, but, but from the from the infield, where the, obviously the field would have to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that seems just stupid. Why wouldn't you just play at an already, you know, um, perfect college football stadium? Yeah, it was either I mean, Gainesville uh, ben Hill Griffin and Camping World are still yeah. like the two that have been mentioned the most. Why? Why would they not go to Tallahassee? And why would that it, was, not it wasn't mentioned? There? It was Gainesville or uh, or that one, Camping World. Yeah, I mean Jacksonville is kind of a Gator town anyway. Maybe there's just some because uh, Gainesville and Tallahassee are about equidistant, I would think, from Jacksonville. Um, they play. At, I would. They play at Gainesville. Do they sign Tebow again? <laughs> Probably, but you know, I got to tell you, Doe Campbell Stadium is light years ahead of Ben Hill Griffin Stadium in terms of um, modern amenities, uh, just in terms of pri- to private seating. I would think, although the Gators did build some more luxury boxes, so their luxury boxes are actually really good. Um, and FSU has the Varsity Club and and a couple others that are really really good. Their premium seating now is good, um, but of course FSU has the benches; they don't have individual seats. Um, I just 
I, I'm trying to remember. Does Ben Hill Griffin have the individual seats and benches? Not, not that that really matters. I mean, but, the, the um, two times I've been there, I can, I believe it was just regular like bench seating and not actual yeah, seats. Now, yeah. It might be different parts of the stadium that are like that, but I sat both times in benches. Yeah, well, they just they were just talking about you know uh, there's only 200 points of sale in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, which is archaic. I mean, you got to have like the Lambeau Field has a thousand points of sale. So you and I think. Florida State has they put a lot of money into their uh, infrastructure as far as the around the building goes. So I think either one would be much better than uh, Camping World Stadium. As what's that three hours away? Uh, no, it's, it's a little less. It is, it's a little less than that. Than, from Jacksonville? Yeah, it's a little less. Yeah, okay, probably two. So I mean, I, I, to me, the best one I think would, be, of course, I'm I'm, uh, I'm biased would be Tallahassee. How far is that country. from Jacksonville? I think it's two hours, just like Gainesville. I could so be they're wrong. All, they're, think... all, they're all kind of in two-hour segments away. Yeah. But Daytona, yeah. I guess, keeps them within, what, an hour? Gainesville might be a little bit closer than uh It feels like it'd be a little closer. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes yeah. you don't realize how much of a hike Tallahassee is, at least obviously from here. You never realize how much of a hike it is. It's only it's less than four hours. I have never made it there in less than four hours. But then again, I don't well, drive, you, I don't drive yeah. like you. you Drive a covered wagon. I'm, I'm a, I, I, was, I have a speed, a speedy car. Speed um, machine, sorry. <laughs> not to mention a mentality of I'm not sitting behind this car. Oh. And is it just me, or are the, is it getting worse out there as far as drivers go? I mean, I see every time I get on the the road, it's something, you know, something else. And people are crazy out there. Like, like you think I'm a crazy driver? I saw uh, this week alone. I saw three or four that road road rage incidents. I thought were going full shotgun mode. I mean, fingers out the window, driving up on them from the back, two inches from their bumper, honking. You know, just awful, awful. I mean, people are especially in the morning when I drive over here to the studio. There's a lot of places where there's merging, but nobody wants to merge or allow anybody to move. It just doesn't happen. So I hate it every morning. I deal with the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, let's let's hit a break here, and we'll come back and do some NHL and NBA talk, and get to also our commenters. We had a lot of comments coming in, so we want to get to those as well. Um, we haven't talked about Djokovic yet either. What a what a performance by him, making history. And you're going to hear one of the most incredible shots in PGA Tour history to win an event. All that's coming up next. Uh, we're brought to you by the Golden Diamond Source. Don't forget Father's Day is coming up this weekend, folks. They got some nice shiny watches in there, some beautiful watches that your dad or husband will love. So get on over to the Golden Diamond Swords. Get him a ring, maybe necklace, bracelet. Maybe, you know, go a little blank for him. Maybe it's not his thing, but, you know, you never know. Get him get him doing something different. He might like it. Golden Diamond Swords, 3800 and Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. Back in three. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric 
cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show on this Monday. Uh, a crazy weekend of activity um, as we're closing out these 
playoffs for the NHL and the NBA. Uh, tonight, the Nuggets will get a chance to put Miami to sleep in Denver and a gentleman's sweep in five games, which I predicted. And I don't see any reason why that's not happening. Um, the only outlier in this series so far has been Miami's 49% shooting from three. They got them uh, the game, what was that, game three win or game two win? Game two. Uh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. And I think clearly the Nuggets are the better team, top to bottom. I just don't think Jimmy Butler has enough help, enough shooters, enough size to combat this machine that is uh, the Denver Nuggets. They are They've got the the best overall player in the game, maybe the two best overall players. Um, you can you can you can argue uh, Butler versus Murray, whatever. But it's a team game. It's a team game, and Mike Malone has this team playing. And, and I love the way he challenged his team publicly uh, for their piss poor effort in Game Two and how his team has responded. I think to me, that's that's what I'm going to take from this series is how. Um, you know, these guys came together as a team and they, they saw their deficiencies and just ramped it up and kicked Miami's ass. I just don't think they have an answer for, for the Nuggets. And them playing at home tonight at altitude, eh, I think this one is over, my friend. What do you think? I would have to agree. Uh, it just seems perfect. First, looking for their first championship in, what, 47 years as a franchise. They get this one at home. That crowd's going to be insane tonight in Denver. Uh, you mentioned Jimmy Butler not getting enough help. I don't think Jimmy has looked like himself uh, in this series. Uh, whereas in, even in the, the Boston series, I don't think Jimmy played nearly as well in that series as he did in the two series previously. So I don't think Jimmy's been as effective, and I don't think they have the guys that are able to hold. They look like a team that almost has run out of gas. Like they exhausted everything they had to get yeah. here, and they just don't look like they have much left in the tank. Sometimes it's very easy to handicap. Denver has better players. They have the best player in the series by a pretty good margin in Jokic. And then they have guys like Aaron Gordon who dropped 27 on Friday night. Like, nobody saw that coming. And Bruce Brown gives you 21 off the bench. I mean, in the, day, in the game before that, it was Christian, it was Christian Braun who, who dropped 15, I think, off the bench. They just are getting it from their role players. Miami's not. It's been that easy to kind of say. I, I will say this, by the way, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't like the fact that the schedule, the way this worked out, that in an NBA Finals, we couldn't get a game on a Saturday or a Sunday. Instead, we're getting it on a Monday night. going to be very late. It seems kind of odd, no? Like, why mm -hmm. couldn't we get yeah. this on a Sunday? That seems yeah. weird. I don't understand that one. Like, last night, I was, like, thinking we had a game, and I'm looking. I'm like, wait, they're playing this on Monday? Yeah. I thought, you know, a weekend would be a better spot for that, but that's just a personal opinion there. Yeah, you know, they play the national championship game on Monday uh, in, in basketball, so I don't know. Uh, maybe there's some symmetry there, Sunday nights, Monday nights. They're going to get a huge audience. There's nothing else really going on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's going to oh, – oh, sorry, is there some type of Raw or um, – Oh, of course. Um, WrestleMania thing going on. We have, of course, or, we have Monday Night Raw. Monday Night, Monday Night Raw. Yeah, yeah, we, we have uh, Monday Night Raw. Of course, which you can't miss that. <laughs> and we don't have we don't have the NHL finals tonight, right? That's yeah, they're off today. They're in, back at it tomorrow because that would yeah, have been a nightmare if both of those were on the same night. Yeah, Vegas survived last night. They went up early, um, and then the Panthers came back, but uh, Vegas survived. So they're up what three one now? Three two? Three one? Three one? Oh, Series yeah. going back to Vegas. Mm -hmm. Man, can you imagine, man, if you lived in South Florida right now and you were on such a high a week ago 
And imagine both of your teams losing in a final one day after the other back-to-back like that. That's bad. Didn't, we, didn't you say this, right? Because I remember I said that they had stolen our thunder here, and they had become the epicenter of, of sports again. But you said, well, they got to win something first. You got to win a trophy, baby. Got to win a and trophy. I, I know you guys aren't super interested in the Padel uh, championships, but so Miami was our number one seed. They got upset by Cancun. So once again, they're going for a championship, got to the final four, you're out. So Cancun um, advanced to play to Vegas. So Vegas goes, and they won yesterday, so they won the P- first PPL Cup, Vegas. So Vegas, who's co-owned by the Maloofs, uh, who also own the Knights. So th- their first sports championship, this will be a nice you know, professional sports championship. It's going to be a nice uh, little trivia question for you. Let's say, what was Las Vegas' first professional sports championship? If the Knights win tomorrow night, it won't be the Knights. It'll be the Las Vegas Smash. Wait, didn't of the, the Pro uh, Padel League? Haven't the Las Vegas Aces? Didn't they just win? Oh yeah, you might be right. Uh, I forgot about them. My bad. That's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, they did. They won. Men, they won last year's title. And I can't even say men's professional because Padel is is uh, men's and women's. So yeah, okay. So they they'll win it before the Knights. But I, I think Vegas Vegas has got some championships coming. I think it'll be a long time for football. And um, baseball, if that ever goes yeah. through. <laughs> How about that? The A's finally think they have a home, and like the only thing they won't spend money on in Vegas is a baseball stadium. <laughs> Evidently, they'll put up Eiffel Towers, and Stratosphere Towers, and castles, and reinvent Venice, but a baseball stadium? Nah. No, thank you. No, thank you. We're not going to do that. I, I think it eventually gets done there, don't you? I, I, uh, I, I, I sh- if they can't strike a deal by the end of this year, which I'm going to assume they're operating on the same timeline as the Rays, kind of, so I'm just saying at the end of 2023, that feels like it has MLB taking ownership of that team eventually if they can't yeah. get this done with this current ownership group. That's what well, that feels it, like to it, me. You know, it's interesting. Everybody says they want a baseball team, right? Orlando Dreamers. Oh, you got any money? No. Okay, Nashville, you got any money? Well, it looks like they have money, but guess what? They're now going to build a $1.5 billion uh, or $2 billion football stadium, covered football stadium, before they're going to build a baseball stadium. Who's paying for the baseball stadium in Nashville now? Yeah, and Charlotte's been very quiet on their Charlotte's, you know what I mean? I don't see anybody coming up with huge dollars. Again, you're going to have $2 billion for the expansion fee. And then a modern stadium right now is running. Were you what one point two billion? Yeah, so, and, if, I mean, and think of it like we said: it's not, it's not just the stadium; it's all about getting that entertainment complex right. around it as well. So it turns into being like one of those like twenty year type phase one, phase two, and so forth, kind of like how the Rays are proposed to do in St. Pete. And right. it just it's a lot of money to commit for it. It just is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, you got the audio for the winner of the RBC Canadian Open yesterday. The great Nick Taylor, Canadian, goes to a playoff on the fourth playoff hall at 18. He's got a 72-foot putt for eagle and the win. Let's listen, courtesy of CBS Sports. Flag. Good pace. Are you serious? my goodness! Glorious and free! The Canadian National Anthem. Nice job, Tim Nance. 
place is just going bananas. The security try to keep everybody off the green. Didn't have a very good opportunity. And We're storming the 18th answer. green now. They just tackled Adam Hadwin, by the way, who was trying to approach his friend. Security did, not knowing that's exactly who it was. But Canada has a conquering hero. How about that? For the first time <laughs> since... Since, bizarre situation. First time since 1954, a Canadian has won that tournament. Yeah, and in in that fashion, and the security's trying to keep people off the green, and it's like bedlam. And here's PGA players getting tackled by security. Yeah, well. But the uh, P- anyway, so that, I was going to say the PGA Tour is completely just, golf in general is going crazy right now with all the off the stuff going on. We got guys making 72 foot putts to win. We got guys getting tackled on the green that are just trying to celebrate with champagne. I mean, what what is this is like Happy Gilmore like playing out in real life? It really is. Like golf is all of a sudden super super fun. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I just um, uh, before the show, I was reading this piece by Mark Schlebaugh in uh, on ESPN about how this deal came together between the PGA Tour and Live Golf and the uh, DP World Tour. It's it's an amazing story. And the uh, focal point is is Jimmy Dunn, who was on the PGA Tour Board of Directors, has also been a figure. He's uh, uh, Tom Brady calls him one of his uh, his biggest mentors. Uh, he's he knows everybody in the world. And what's really interesting about him brokering a deal with the Saudis is he was a major partner in a Wall Street firm whose offices were in the World Trade Center. I mean, you cannot make this up. Um, and his company was absolutely devastated. Um, they lost most of their employees that day, including his closest two partners, uh, to the 9-11 attacks. And here's Jimmy Dunn uh, literally sending a WhatsApp message to the Saudis and the Sheik, who's in charge of Live Golf as the money man behind their, their private investment fund, and brokering a deal uh, between the Saudis the PGA Tour, the players, and the DP World Tour. I mean, think about that for a second. Um, and Jimmy Dunn said, um, the people that I'm dealing with were not involved in the 9-11 attacks. And if I find out anyone was involved in the 9-11 attacks, I'll kill them myself. Which is a great, you know, that's a nice bravado thing to say. But, you know, this is, there's a lot of emotions on both sides of this. And, you know, and again, you know, if you're trying to go through your life and not deal with Saudi Arabian money, you're not going to have any success. It's everywhere, and it is influencing sports like never before. Um, you know, as the sports washing, we've talked a lot about that, where they're trying to put their government, their country, in a much more positive light and a much more mainstream. But if you keep killing American journalists and assassinating them um, and treating people and women, especially with the way you do, um, I, you know, that doesn't, all the money in the world doesn't change uh, the culture that you represent. So, but again, if you're going to try to do business in this world, especially in the sports world, without Saudi money, good luck because it's everywhere, it's pervasive. Um, it just is what it is. It's like, uh, well, you just can't. So if you're going to, but, you know, it's Jay Monahan who invoked the 9-11 families 
to defend his league, and now he's jumping in bed with them. I mean, he just can't run away from that. He can't run away from that. But this story, is it's incredible how Jimmy Dunn put this whole thing together, and we still don't have any concrete details. I, and I just can't believe that the way it's set up right now, Jay Monahan is going to run Live Golf. And at the end of the year, he's going to decide whether it's going to be 54 holes, team formats, et cetera, et cetera. So <laughs> you know who the big loser in this thing is? Hmm. The shark. The great white shark got eaten in this deal by uh, Jay Monahan. And, yeah. See, I don't know what's going on because like, he's still like, thinks that live golf is going to be its own thing and you know we're going to be good and he said they're already ironing out the 2025 schedule like looking ahead and it's like eh, you seem to be like you're on an island over there bud yeah and the fact yeah. that he was only alerted of this whole thing like literally like minutes before uh the what was it the i can't i can't honestly say his name apologies for that one but it, the pif uh commissioner or governor or whatever Right before yeah. he went on CNBC to announce this, he literally got on the phone with Norman minutes ago to tell him. So how does yeah, that say out. he wasn't even involved in anything? <laughs> Al Marayan, I think is how you say yeah. it. Ramayan, Al Marayan. Um, yeah, it, it appears by what has been reported here that Jay Monahan is going to be the CEO of this new company, which includes all the tours. And Al Ramayan, who's the money man, is going to be the director of, uh, of the board of directors. So I don't know who has more power or who doesn't, but clearly um, Greg Norman is out and he's going to be, and I think that's probably one of the big, big things that, and that's why Jimmy Dunn did not go to Greg Norman mm -hmm. to get this deal done. He went to the money man and said, look, you know, the, 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 this is the issue. Greg Norman is the issue. And I think that's a smart way to play it. You know, too bad for Greg. Uh, but that's well, remember, you know, remember what Tiger said, and Tiger has been very kind of tight lipped and very political Ooh, with his. I, answers. I got some news on that, by the way. Well, remember the only time he spoke on this, and he was asked, you know, should the PGA and Live like work together or discuss something? He said that Greg would have to go for that to happen. If Greg goes, then we're open for anything. And if right. Tiger's saying that, you know darn well that was going to be the belief of the PGA Tour. So that and alone, what Tiger said should tell you that Greg Norman is going to have zero involvement going forward. And that's the way it has to be. It really does. Because we said all along, he really was the bad guy, I thought, in most of this. So listen to this little tidbit that I got. And this is coming from a uh, – I'll be completely candid with you. This is coming from a bar room conversation with PGA Tour players who are very well connected. Um, and the scuttlebutt is that – Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, and Elon Musk are putting together some type of – now, Tiger's already got this new golf thing going on, right? Yeah, with Rory. With Rory, right? And you notice how Rory's been a little quiet as well. So this, there, are, there is a, a separate company that's coming out of this merger. It's a for-profit company that has yet to be named or really been talked about. Okay? So – could this be kind of the spinoff company that ends up running most of golf and the tour backed by Elon, Tiger Woods, and Michael Jordan? How interesting would that be? And I don't know how they're going to be, but this is the scuttlebutt amongst the players that somehow this, this group might be that. Now, they might become the for-profit arm of this. And, and isn't like they're, 
I remember reading an article about what they're doing, but it has to do with like teams in golf and they're playing like virtual play, having a league. Remember yeah, they were talking about a league, it's a virtual like TGL or I think like that. It starts in 2024. Right. Yeah. Right. So may this might be a spinoff of that. So that they're, or that they're uh, connected in some way where they have all these leagues. Um, and then you're, they're, they're going to have the leagues go down to the grassroots level. If you can imagine like Tampa Bay owning a golf team, Right, you know, like like in the NFL, and those franchises are going to have huge values. This is what Live Golf wanted to do in some ways. These franchises are going to have huge values. They're going to draft players, and they have a draft each and every year. Everybody goes back into the pool. Who knows? And then you have like there'll be local leagues um, based on this as well, reaching down to the golfers. This is like really cool stuff, right? Um, so I don't know how it's all going to work, but just stay tuned. There might be some type of I, I just like you say. Where's Tiger been? It's hard to it's hard for me to believe that he and he's obviously transitioning into the second part of his career that's going to involve golf in some way, right? So why not be the guy that's running the whole damn thing? Who want, would you rather have, Tiger Woods or Jay Monahan? I mean, <laughs> where, you know, raise your hand if you're on the Jay Monahan team. Bye bye. So stay tuned to uh, what's happening there, and that's coming from tour players that are talking about this. Interesting. So. Who knows? Yes, scuttlebutt at this point. It is near scuttlebutt. But hard to imagine that this new Tiger Rory company, you know, with all the Jim, Jimmy Dunn and Tiger or, or tight Jimmy Dunn uh, runs Seminole, uh, the great golf course down there where Tiger plays all the time. So, you know, they are all connected.